0: Welcome to round one of the Draft Sharks Invitational. It is Monday, August 3rd. For anyone who might be listening to or watching this after the fact, I am your podcast host Matt Shop. With me as always is Jared Smola, as you can probably see on your screen right now. And also joining us is my co-host for the new Draft Sharks High Stakes podcast, Adam Krautwurst. Jared, you're going to be drafting tonight. How are you feeling right now?
1: I'm nervous. Um, we're on, we're on StreamYard for my first time ever, so I'm hoping that goes well. Um, like you said, I'm drafting. I'm also kind of commissioning this draft. Hopefully, I don't need to do anything on that end. Um, then I'm also going to be you know, trying to talk coherently and give some – some thoughts on, on my picks and not give my strategy away too much either. Cause you know, le- league mates might be watching this. So.
0: But don't worry. We probably have a lot of people who listen to us regularly, so it doesn't have to be too coherent.
1: Right. Um, and with,
0: You know, with a whole group of whiny fantasy players, I'm sure you won't have to do too much as the commissioner. Exactly. <laughs> Adam, you and I are going to have to hold up the talking here. Cause Jared, I think is going to be thinking the whole time and trying to bite his lip when we call what his next pick's going to be.
2: Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, bougie is probably the word for the fantasy players when, they, when they're whining about stuff. So, and I'm probably one of them. But uh, how has the commissioning been going? Has there been any any issues?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're at like nine or ten guys in here, so we're we're looking good.
0: We're looking good. Get All them right. in
2: there. Get them in there.
0: Should be good until somebody picks the wrong player, and then it'll inevitably be the uh, the system's fault. And we'll, right. we'll see if we can hear shouty from anybody's computer. <laughs> 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 Now, this is the beginning of five nights of drafting here. Uh, It's the DS Invitational, as I mentioned up top. It's bringing bringing together some of the industry's top high stakes fantasy players, some of the industry's top fantasy analysts. And it's not just an expert league that you see all the time, but there's actual money on the line here. We've got five leagues of 12 teams each. The winner of each league will take home $250 of Lenny Papano's money. The overall champ rakes in $2,000 adam i know that that number 2000 is just like a, an entry fee to a lot of people who are going to be playing in this thing but i just have my house resided, so i'm looking forward to competing for this
2: yeah two grand is nice especially when it's lenny papano's money it's always it's always nicer <laughs> that way but um but yeah it's you know a lot of these guys play high stakes so you're right a lot of even you know the main event uh, is around two grand for the ffpc but uh but hey it'll basically be a free entry form next year and really this whole thing is more probably more for, for bragging rights you know you got the what we've think we've put together, you know, some of the best of the best in the world uh, that do this. So um, it's not just a, a, a pros versus joes thing. You know, don't don't call them joes. It's a it's a four letter word. So, um, but uh, but yeah, just putting the kind of the best of the best together and see uh, with one entry uh, what they what they can do with it.
1: You know, I'd I'd like to win my individual league, but I think you know the the overall title is what we're all of for here. So I think that definitely should impact draft strategy when you're trying to beat out. What is it, 59 other teams rather than just 11?
0: And let's hope that we can just make a pact to to keep these winnings a secret from any wives. Uh, (laughs) Maybe don't have to share this one like we do the other ones.
2: Deal. Deal. Deal.
0: The format here is going to be best ball. It's a 25 round draft, so 25 man roster. You start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end. There are two flex spots, but it's super flex. So one of those flex spots can be a quarterback. And the great thing, Adam, I think, about superflex is it adds value to the quarterbacks. You know, beyond where they usually get devalued to in main fantasy football leagues and primary scoring, but it doesn't require you to start two every week, which I think is going a little too far in terms of what it does to draft.
2: Yeah, I think the superflex just it adds another element, and it kind of gets you know it's not something that everyone's uh, done a ton of. I think uh, as far as the high stakes players and the the, the pros, so. Um, you know, let's get, let's get everyone a little uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Let's get them out of their comfort zone and give them, you know, 90 seconds or whatever they got here, 75 seconds to make, to make a pick. And, um, yeah, let's see, let's see what these guys can do. I know I'm not huge. Uh, I haven't done a ton of super before, so This will be, this will be fun for, for sure.
1: Yeah. I think the format's interesting too, because you know, to me, a, a super flex lineup setting league is basically a two quarterback league. You know, you're you're in trouble if right. you're not starting quarterbacks in 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 best ball though, you can get spike weeks from any other position really, where you don't need that second quarterback in your lineup. So I think you know to me, yeah, I'm not trying to give away too much here, but to me it devalues quarterbacks just just a little bit, um, you know, versus lineup setting super flex leagues.
0: And maybe it'll even the playing field a little bit for us with some of those Joes that do a lot of these high stakes competitions with other people in big contests. We're going to be tracking all these picks. It's it's tight end premium, so we also have the familiar FFPC setting of one and a half points per reception for tight ends. As I mentioned, Jared's going to be drafting. We're going to track all the picks on myfantasyleague.com tonight. Let's meet the rest of the people drafting—not their faces, but we'll give you their names so you know who you're watching as they pick players tonight. Pick it from the top slot is Matt Thompson at Matt Thompson53. Adam, what do you want to tell us about Matt?
2: Yeah, so I don't—I, uh, you know, it's been nice. The cool thing about this for me too has been meeting these guys. I know, you know, I follow a lot of them on Twitter, and just kind of meeting them, introducing them to this thing. And uh, I know Matt. Uh, Matt came highly recommended from a couple of high-stakes. Guys, and he does. Uh, he was telling me he does upwards of five to five hundred to six hundred leagues a year. So most of them are best ball, uh, obviously. But um, so he's obviously experienced with, with best ball, which is what this is. And uh, he's had some success doing it. So uh, I'm excited to see what what Matt does tonight.
0: Yeah, clearly a Joe. Obviously, yeah, that's right. Uh, drafting yeah. second is John Daigle of Rotoworld.com at not J Daigle. If you want to find him on Twitter, which you probably already have, and I certainly recommend following John stuff. Mm-hmm. Number three in the draft order is Graham Barfield of FantasyPoints.com. Graham Barfield's been around other places too. Also well known for his for the way he treats running back prospects coming into the league. Uh, through draft season every year, so that's one of definitely one of the key things to follow Graham for on Twitter. Jared Smola is up number four from DraftSharks.com. I think you're probably familiar with him around here. Jared, what do you have to say for yourself? As the only one who gets to speak on here in tonight's draft. I'm happy to be in the four hole. (laughs) All right, I'll be curious to see who gets to you there. Austin Martin is at number five from Minnesota. At AustinRMartin84 on Twitter. Adam, what do you got about Austin?
2: Yeah, so Austin really doesn't need uh, to win this. He actually won the FFPC Playoff Championship last year, which is – a cool half a million bucks. So he's playing with house money right now, but, um, but yeah, so it'll be, it'll be cool to see him draft. And uh, uh, I think he's in the five hole, right, right, Matt?
0: Yep. So we'll see who Jared lets him take and whether they're sniping each other as the draft goes on. Number six is Todd Burrows. He is at Todd from PA on Twitter. He is the host of the run to daylight podcast. You can also find his writing on one and on Rotoviz, among other places. He's big on the best ball, so he certainly has plenty of experience with these best ball drafts. Maybe not so much Superflex. We'll see how he handles this format. Number seven is Mike Oliva. He is at Mike C. Oliva, and I was reading his Twitter profile, and he scares me a little bit as a fantasy football competitor. He's a Johns Hopkins grad, so we know he's fairly smart at least. He's got degrees in business, economics, and psychology, so not only does the guy understand Markets understand his budgeting, he also probably knows better than I do why I'm doing certain things in the draft.
2: Now, are you saying that we're not fairly smart at, at least? I mean, I think that's yeah, pretty. That's pretty exactly
0: <laughs> 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 I have read a psychology book, I almost made it through it one time, so I feel like I might be at his level. Number eight is Ian Harditz at iHarditz on Twitter, formerly with John Daigle, who I've mentioned before at roto World. Jumped to pro football focus this offseason, might be best known though. For those weekly helicopter tweets in season where he drops down to say one guy who's gonna have an especially big DFS performance up front. <laughs> Number nine is Curtis Patrick. He is at C Patrick NFL. He is one he is an owner over at Rotoviz. You can also find him on the Dynasty Command Center podcast. Number 10, Mark Garcia, who is at Hilo FF on Twitter, one of the people in charge at the Fantasy Football World Series, as well as a contributor on One Week Season. .com. Another high-volume player in FFPC, right, Adam?
2: Yeah, high-volume guy, uh, main event. Uh, a lot, Lots of football guys drafts, too, that he does over there. Um, and I think recently he just started working uh, with Mitch Carl over at Riser Fall. So, um, so yeah, he, I know he's excited. I've been chatting with him, and uh, we'll see how, how he does.
0: Number 11 is... A pair of conjoined twins, Jay Reed at Reed three ten on Twitter. Scott Connor is at Charles Chill FFB. They are representing the Chasing the Helmet podcast at Chase the Helmet on Twitter. And between them, thirteen total league wins in Football Guys Championship or FFPC main event leagues.
2: Yeah, these guys are definitely dark horses. I know they do. Um, they've had a lot of success. Uh, I was actually on their pod a couple, uh, probably like a month or so ago, and uh, we were just going over some of the Football Guys drafts that we had done and. Yeah, they're definitely gonna be gonna be ready to go, and they've had a lot of success uh, teaming up together.
0: So, Adam, is that why you made sure that they're not in your league because they already know your strategy?
2: It's all random, Matt. Completely <laughs> random. So
0: <laughs> number 12, the final drafter in round one of this first round of the DS invitational is Evan Silva. You already know you already follow him on Twitter, so I'm not gonna bother telling you what his handle is. It doesn't matter. You follow him already. Of course, he ended a long stint at Roto World last year, started establishing the run with Adam Levitan and former Browns head coach. Hugh Jackson. Looking forward to competing with all of these guys.
2: Yeah, so it's going to be fun. You know, I don't want to. I want to get a little friendly rivalry going on this thing. But I was looking back at the the pros versus Joe's all time standings. And I know Jared Smola sits eighth all time in that uh, in that little in that little venture they have over there. And I was scrolling down, and Evan Silva's seventy fourth. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. We're going to have to kind of put well, that. Out. I don't know if everybody knows that. So that's kind of you have to do a deep dive to to find that stuff.
1: Something about small sample sizes. I don't know.
2: <laughs>
0: you, you could tell that Adam was ready for this broadcast because he's doing one-sided trash talk. He has most ready for this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it. I think Look, it's safe
0: it. to say that Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley was the way that we all probably would have expected this draft to start, right?
2: Yeah, well, I think it depends. That's gonna kind of be one of the fun things to see how all these people attack the draft. Cause I know that like if you go to um super best ball ADP on uh fantasy mojo, uh Patrick Mahomes actually then Mahomes is number two on the on the ADP there. So it was interesting this I was wanted to see because I picked two tomorrow. So you know I'm I'm definitely studying to tonight and i see that he he fell out of the top 2 so that's that's interesting
0: yeah so i i would definitely have mahomes in that spot if we were talking about lineup setting, super flex formats i'm surprised that he sits that high in adp i mean i'm not surprised that he would go there you know regularly i'm i'm a little surprised that that's his adp if we're talking about best ball super flex drafts
2: Yeah, I think it might be. So I've obviously been, you know, thinking about it and and doing some research and I think it might be because he's just, he's safe. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You know, uh, running backs obviously get injured more often. Ironically, Mahomes was injured last year, but Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in a super flex, you can just plug him in and then just, you know, you're kind of locked into that 25, 30 points a a week and it's just kind of a safer pick. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely something to think about.
0: Well, I mean, certainly the extra bonus with him is that he also brings as much spike week potential as anybody in the league. You will get, you can get 40-point weeks from him as well, rather than just, you know, sure, top-level quarterback production.
2: Yeah, what's interesting, too, is so normally, like, I know a lot of people like to stack in these best balls, and it's hard to... Kind of backwards stack if you're going to do like, let's say you wanted to do a standard league that wasn't super flex and you wanted to get like a Tyreek Hill and a Mahomes where well, you kind of got to do it backwards and hope that you get Mahomes in the third round or something like that. Now you can take Mahomes or take Lamar Jackson and you can stack the other way and you can, you know, it's easier to kind of plan that, that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Another chief will be interesting to watch through these drafts as well, as uh, Clyde edwards elaire has climbed high enough to be taken number one at least once over the past few days. I forget, I, it was an FFPC draft. I don't remember if it was pros versus Joes or- it was
2: pros versus Joes, yeah.
0: It was a pros versus Joes. I, yeah. I think that's reaching the point of silly for him.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, I, I'm going to wait and see with, with him. I'm not really outside of this draft- Tomorrow, I'm not really doing any drafts right now because I want to uh, just wait and see, you know, with all the people opting out and stuff like that. And I still think that they might trade for someone or they might, you know, um, add someone in free agency. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. And then if, if they do, he's going to fall right back down into the mid to late second, depending on who it is. So, but you know, I, I get the, I get the excitement. I mean, he was a stud in college. They'd spent mm-hmm. a Trump pick on him. And, um, I, you know, he probably fits the scheme really well. So, um, so yeah, I, I get the excitement around him, though.
0: Yeah. I think, I think five is probably the spot where I I think Clyde Edward DeLair should stop climbing. I think he gets to there. I think you're talking about McCaffrey, Barkley, um, players like Zeke Elliott, uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook even in that mix as well. I'm not ready to put Edward Lair up that high. I do certainly think he belongs in round one at this point. Yes. So as we said, we got McCaffrey, we got Saquon Barkley at the top of the draft. Not surprises at either of those spots. Then the third pick, we've got Ezekiel Elliott off the board to Graham Barfield. And then Jared made his first pick. Jared, Alvin Kamara, why'd you go that way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was set on running back there. Um, basically, whoever was left out of those big four. Actually, I, I'm surprised no quarterbacks went ahead of me. Um, so I made my decision early easy taking Kamara there. Um, I tend to wait on quarterbacks longer, even in these super flex than most people. I, I still just think getting one of those, especially those, you know, elite four running backs. And I'd even throw Dalvin Cook in the mix, you know, assuming you don't think he's going to hold out. Um, I think getting one of those elite, I guess, five running backs is um, more valuable even than a Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson, especially, as I said earlier, um, in this basketball format.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And we all were involved in the the Draft Sharks Dynasty League draft earlier this offseason. That was also super flex. And I remember I I said I was surprised that the quarterbacks didn't go a little bit earlier in the draft. I know that you were less surprised because you expected them. To fall a little further. Adam, I think that you leaned in my direction, right? You were surprised the quarterbacks lasted as long as they did there.
2: Yeah. In dynasty, it's, it's, it's even more, it's different. I I think having that Mahomes or, you know, stud young quarterback for 10 years. I mean, the guy's a hall of famer in his prime. So uh, I could, I get passing on Mahomes in a, in a year long, uh, but I think in a in a dynasty, I mean, we talked about this in a, in a dynasty, or even quarterbacks in general, young stud quarterbacks. I think it's nice to just have that safety net and a super flex to just kind of plug them in for the next, you know, eight to ten years. So yeah, you're, not, you're not
1: going to give me crap for passing on Mahomes here,
2: then? Uh, you know.
1: <laughs> I heard it. I heard it for. I heard it for a month after that dynasty. Yeah, that's
2: right. That's right. I, um, I was going
0: to say we could we could mention how Jared screwed up the first pick in that draft. <laughs> that's we should be focusing on a different draft here. I would say he did not screw up this time. By passing on Patrick Mahomes. Not that Austin Martin screwed up by taking Mahomes <laughs> at the five. I'm definitely not saying that, but I, I am fine with Camara going ahead of Mahomes here.
2: Yeah, I think it just depends on what you, you really got to kind of plan out your strategy. You kind of got to uh figure out, and it depends on where you are in the draft. Like if you're at the end, like at one or two or eleven or twelve, if you pass on quarterbacks at certain points, you might get, you know, you might get blocked mm-hmm. from taking them. So you kind of gotta be right. you kind of gotta get, get a feel for it.
0: Yeah, you can definitely get frozen out of position if you uh, wait at the wrong spot. So, just to recap, Matt Thompson, Christian McCaffrey at one. John Daigle took uh, Saquon Barkley at two. Graham Barfield took Ezekiel Elliott at three. Jared Smola took Alvin Kamara at four. We had Austin Martin go Patrick Mahomes with the fifth pick. And then it was Todd Burroughs taking Lamar Jackson there at at six. So, these two guys certainly think that quarterbacks, that those top two quarterbacks at least, belong right here in the mix of the top players
1: yeah and again i i don't think i think that's about where they belong i think you can make an argument for dalvin cook in there but i think the first eight guys off the board um in this draft tonight to, to me are the, are the pretty clear top eight in this format
0: yeah i mean beyond even whether running backs get hurt and and how the scoring compares there's risk to the players especially beyond the top four running backs at this point on the board.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting too. So this is um, this is also a, a league where you can start three wide receivers. So and not where you can, where you have to start three wide receivers. So it's going to be interesting to see how the value of the receivers go- goes up here. Um, and it looks like it's just same old, same same old story here. Uh, Michael Thomas, maybe one other one here in the fir- first round, and guys are probably just going to gobble them up later.
1: Big move from Evan there. Oh, it hasn't popped up on our board yet. On the oh, um, I'm call yeah. oh, that a tease.
2: Oh boy.
0: <laughs> well, all right. So let's leave that out there for a minute for anybody who's not looking. And I uh, will say that um, Michael Leva took Travis Kelsey at the seven spot. Ian Harditz then took Dalvin Cook. Michael Thomas to Curtis Patrick, the lone wide receiver to go in round one. Then we had Mark Garcia go to Derek Henry at the ten spot. Uh, The tag team that I mentioned before for the Chase the Helmet podcast took Miles Sanders at 11. And then, as Jared alluded to, we had back-to-back QB picks from Evan Silva at 12. Dak Prescott, the first one. Deshaun Watson, the second one. Uh,
1: Jared, what do you think about it since you're going to be going up against this? Not what I would have done. Uh, I mean, I I like the Dak pick. I I think that's about where Dak belongs. To to me, Dak is closer to uh, Mahomes and Jackson than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Um, I'm just high on that Cowboys offense in general, um, but it'll be interesting to see like what that does now to you know the, the rest of the draft because you, we already see at 202 a what fifth quarterback comes off the board so it'll be interesting to see how fast they fly now.
2: Yeah, that's it too. I think you're going to see a lot of runs in this type yep. of league where you take you know maybe a tight end or specifically quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see. So I know the the, the ADP for this uh, for these super flex. Uh, has uh, you know, Prescott going 11, Murray going 13, and Watson going 17. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna it's gonna force some some runs on some players. It's kind of hard to force runs when you're at the end of of the round. Yep. Um, because it's gonna take a lot for somebody to get back to you two rounds later. But it will be interesting to see what, like, like you said, Jared, what it does to the rest of these guys.
0: I mean, we already had two quarterbacks in the next three picks after Evan doubled up at the turn. I agree with Dak Prescott's placement. I think he belongs as the next quarterback off the board. And I think that he's in the mix to finish top three this year. I'm not betting on him to finish second, but I, I think he absolutely could finish second, even first, if things break right in for him this season. Interesting that Deshaun Watson was the fourth one off the board. I like him better than Kyler Murray, but generally he has not been particularly close to Kyler Murray in ADP.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting too. Um, I think, you know, here too, it forces guys to really make decisions on quarterbacks too. Because so, you know, you have to, you probably have to start two and then. Uh, you can take in this format, you can take as many quarterbacks as you want also. So, um, so you really got to figure out who, who you like and kind of attack them. Uh, and yeah, it's, that's, that's a kind of a flip-flop of the, of the ADP there.
0: And before we get too far into round two, Adam, what do you think of Miles Sanders at 11? He I, he seems to be commonly in that area now. you think he belongs there? Is there a different running back that you like better in that range?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I'm a Kenyon Drake guy, so I see uh, he was just taken there. Um, to me, Kenyon Drake and Miles Sanders are kind of in the same area of the draft for me. And I'm just more of a Kenyon drake guy although um you know the eagles were just talking up using sanders as a as a solo back there so i could go either way on on those guys um but i think that's that's pretty much where sanders belongs seeing him inside the top three or four which i've seen a couple of times is, is 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 crazy to me but um i think uh jay and scott don't know what they're doing there and they obviously have a, have a plan
0: I I agree with the notion I saw it the other day that, that Miles Sanders could be challenging for one of those top three spots. I think if he really does get a true lead back role for the Eagles this year, and as they're currently constructed, he's certainly in line to do so. I mean, I think his upside could reach into that top four where, you know, by this time next year, we're taking Miles Sanders ahead of Alvin Kamara pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been a single thing out of Philadelphia all offseason that hasn't said Miles Sanders is going to get like a feature role. And I think mm-hmm. as you said, Matt, the fact that they haven't had anything, added anything to that backfield sort of backs that up. And that's an offense, I think, you know, if they get better injury luck this season, that could be a you know top five offense in the NFL. So if you have a guy getting 300 touches on a top five offense, I think, you know, that, that tells you the upside Sanders has right there.
0: And I think you have to say that the Eagles are one of the better run teams in the league at this point. So they, I'm sure, realize that a second contract for a running back is not a good bet right now. So I don't know, I you know I don't know how much that factors into their plan for Miles Sanders, but it certainly could help them to not worry about overworking Miles Sanders and you know worry about how he is for a second contract when they know that it's really a one contract position at this point. Yep. All right. So after that double QB at the turn, we did have Kyler Murray go with the second pick of round two. Two picks later, we had Russell Wilson. Those were the next two quarterbacks off the board. They were the only other two quarterbacks in round two. Adam, are you surprised that we only got? Uh, three quarterbacks in each of the first two rounds.
2: No, I think that's about what I expected. Um, I think you got to come into uh, these things with with a plan. These super flex, um, and obviously, uh, you know, someone else did too with Kelsey Kittle stacked there, the two tight ends. So that's 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 pretty nice looking. But but no, I think six is six is, is about right. Um, and it didn't really, as you can see, the uh, I'm not sure Evan was trying to to force a run on quarterback, but it didn't uh, it didn't happen.
0: Joe Mixon went in between Kyler Murray. He was the third pick of round two to Mark Garcia's squad. So that's Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, his two running backs start there. As I mentioned, Russell Wilson went to the Michael Thomas team. So through two picks, Curtis Patrick does not have a running back yet. Clyde edwards Lair, who we were talking about climbing into round one, he is near the middle of round two, goes to Ian Harditz, who started out with Dalvin Cook. He was the, the ninth running back off the board. Adam, does that move surprise you?
2: No, not really. Not for flexes. Again, if you take the take the three quarterbacks out of there, it moves them up basically to the to the, the end of the first there. So um, I think that's probably where I where I expected them.
1: Seems like it seems like running back is about as late as you see him go, though. At least you know, what what we've seen um, in the few days since the Damian Williams news broke. Yeah, yeah. I I would have taken Clyde edwards
0: earlier than that. I would. I think I would take him over Michael Thomas in the format. I would have taken him over at least quarterback four down uh, among the guys who have gone so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely would have taken him over a lot of those quarterbacks, but I'm just I'm, I'm not surprised that those quarterbacks went right in front of him. Sure,
0: uh, Kenyon Drake, as you mentioned, went right after George Kittle. George Kittle to Michael Leva was the um, tight end tight end start. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle to start his team might not need another one the rest of the draft after you start off that way at that position.
2: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what what, uh, what Evan was going for too. Like, just take those two quarterbacks and then just pound all the value at the other positions that comes that comes down. I think. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what they're kind of doing with the tight end, tight end start there. And then they can um, kind of attack uh, the other positions where where the value is and, um, you know, kind of forget about that position.
0: And then go for the studly Andy Dalton handcuff at the end for injury protection,
2: right? Bingo, <laughs> exactly.
0: After Kenyon Drake, we had Tyreek Hill, just the second wide receiver off the board, and that was pick. I got to count here. So was, what he was pick? Like seven of round two, I think. So Tyreek Hill stacked with Patrick Mahomes. You got to mm-hmm. like that. To start off a contest roster, especially, and then Austin Martin got James Conner as his first running back in round three to add to that duo.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Is it's easier to stack your quarterbacks now? Uh, I I like to stack them in Best Ball, and I know a lot of people do. So it makes it easier with the uh, super flex because you don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to get this quarterback? You can just take the quarterback first and then, and then stack him after. Yeah. Mahomes
1: and Tyreek, obviously scary. I'm, I'm pissed at the uh, these guys in the back half of this draft for letting Austin get that. And then I think the um, James Conner pick in the third was nice too. So I, and that's a nice start for Austin Martin. I'm jealous. Jared. Meanwhile, follows followed the Alvin Kamara pick with Devontae Adams in round two
0: and then Aaron Jones in round three, Jared, does it worry you at all to have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones stacked in the same lineup, or do you think there's enough? Do you think the Packers are going to score enough to support both those guys?
1: Yeah, it doesn't worry me at all. Um, and yeah, in fact, I might try to stack up their quarterback with them later on. Um, it, they were just the two best available players on my board when I was on the clock there, so I'm not going to you know, not take two Packers just because they're on the same team. Um, I did. Um, I was hoping to get Nick Chubb or Josh Jacobs there. In the third, but Dangle and Barfield snapped
0: me off back to back. Austin Eckler was the next guy off the board to Graham Barfield, who has also who has uh, started his draft with three running backs: uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. That's A pretty nice start when you're building a best ball roster. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I usually like to start uh, start running back heavy, too. But um, man, it's just so funny seeing these these super flex rosters are just so bizarre when you're used to like like Devontae Adams in the late second would. Is just insane. I mean, I, I get it because of the roster construction, but it's like, mm-hmm. holy cow. You know, Adams could be the number one receiver this, this year, and you have to start three, you know, and you're getting him at the back end of the second half. It's just so it's so crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I expected him to be there. I mean, I, I guess I don't know what I expected because it's such a unique, unique format. But, yeah, that, that was a pretty easy pick for me. Once kettle Kittle enough, but I would have loved to have landed Kittle in the second. But once he, he was off the board, um, it was a pretty easy call for Adams.
2: Yeah, so his ADP right now is 2-3, so you got him right kind of – a little bit later than than where he normally goes
0: and a lot of the the uh superflex best ball play would be on ffpc where you'd be starting two receivers a week so i mean if anything he should be a little higher here than he is in those drafts where we are starting three wide receivers so it seems like devontae adams is pretty good value at this point in this draft for yeah, sure
1: guys feeling good
0: <laughs> julio jones to john daigle in round two with the second to last pick of the rounds he followed up with Nick Chubb the next round. So he's got Saquon Barkley, Julio Jones, Nick Chubb, solid start there. And then Mark Andrews was the third tight end off the board with the final pick of round two, went to Matt Thompson, who came back with DeAndre Hopkins around the turn. What do you think of his running back, tight end, wide receiver start, Adam?
2: Yeah, it's so interesting. I've seen just so many like football guys drafts and now main events – and you just see the person with the with the first pick can sometimes get real, you know, quirky, and they just do crazy things. But I think, you know, uh, I, li- I like Mark Andrews. You know what I mean? He's probably my, I probably like Ertz a little bit better, but I, I totally get Andrews uh, as your number three, and then uh, and then Hopkins. I mean, obviously, he's a nice pick there at three one. So it's you know, it's nice to see someone do something with that uh, with that first pick.
0: I think Andrews and Ertz are right next to each other. I can't really argue one way or the other. I wouldn't be surprised if Ertz loses a little bit to Dallas Goddard this year. I'm also not betting on it. I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Andrews loses some of that high touchdown rate from last year without gaining a lot more receptions. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Mark Andrews catches a fair number more passes. So for me, I've made the decision between those guys multiple times, and I have not gone the same way every time. So I can certainly uh, see the argument for either of them. After DeAndre Hopkins in round two, we had Nick Chubb, as we mentioned, Josh Jacobs, then Aaron Jones to Jared. We had James Conner after that. Zach Ertz was the fourth tight end off the board, went with pick six of round two. And then Mike Evans went to Michael Levis' team that started out with George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. So through three rounds, no running backs yet. For the psychology guy, I would love to know how his brain's working with that one. Melvin Gordon was the third pick for Ian Harditz, who started out with Clyde edwards helaire Dalvin Cook in round one. Then we had Chris Godwin to Curtis Patrick's team, so he went wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver to start off his draft here. Adam, what what do you think the the chances are of you going through three picks in your draft and not taking a running back? Zero.
2: I don't know if I've given anything away, but absolutely zero.
0: (laughs) So there you have it. Um, Adam says that Curtis Patrick is not taking running back in his first three selections. Uh, Mark Garcia took DJ Moore. With the third to last pick in round three, then we had Jonathan Taylor and Todd Gurley go at the end of the round. Jared, what do you think about
1: Jonathan Taylor ahead of Todd Gurley? You know, we, we talked about aiming for upside in this you know tournament or league, whatever you want to call it, trying to beat out 50, 59 other teams. I, I have no issue with that pick. I think Taylor has you know just as high, if not a higher ceiling than Todd Gurley.
0: Yeah, certainly going to be interesting to watch. And and from the start, you know, we'll see if that job evolves or if he takes over more than Frank – more than the coaches. Uh, Frank Reich, there we go. I lost his last name for a second. More than Frank Reich's words would have you believe. I almost called him Frank Gore, but I would try to think of the younger Frank. Um, So Todd Gurley finished off round three. He was the pick of Evan Silva. Um, Amari Cooper was his other pick at that turn. So followed up the two quarterbacks with a running back and a wide receiver. Then we had Kareem Hunt go with the second pick of round four. Uh, that's a little bit earlier than he's tended to be going.
2: Yeah, I've seen him flat up boards. I think with uh, the injury to Landry, I think uh, I think Hunt's kind of moving up the board there. It's still a little steep for me. Although I will say an injury to Chubb, he would be a you know a league-winning type pick. But even in the fourth round at that point, it's, it's getting so steep that he almost has to be really, really good. Or it kind of has to see some injuries to Chubb unless you think he's going to unless you think he's going to catch 80 balls.
0: It's a shame that we're not going to get a real training camp this year because I don't know what to believe with the whole Kareem Hunt in the slot thing. If that's for real and he's going to be Curtis Samuel all of a sudden, then I I guess I'm excited to see what happens. But it's just it's tough to believe that all of a sudden in what is fourth NFL season, he's going to play that much receiver.
1: Yeah, that's that's such a typical uh, June – yeah. Here. This, this running back is going to you know, split out wide for 50% of his snaps. I, I don't buy that. Um, you know, the Browns are going to run so many two tight end sets anyways. They're only going to have two wide outs on the field. I I, I still think Hunt's going to play a big role in the passing game, but I just don't, 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 don't think we're going to see Hunt and Chubb on the field at the same time too often.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think what we did learn tonight is that no matter the format or the stakes, Jared's taking David Johnson.
1: No matter... <laughs> <laughs> for for, for I've talked him up on the DS pod. I haven't drafted him a whole lot. I'm usually taking wide outs there, but. You know, once again, I got sniped there with uh, Alan Robinson and Adam Thielen coming up the court a few picks ahead of me. So I turned my attention to running back. And, again, I, I do think, although Matt will disagree, I think David Johnson has RB1 upside because I think Houston wants to give him the ball that much.
0: Uh, I think it's just that Jared is so close to becoming a dad that he's starting to favor people <laughs> with back pain. I'm starting yeah, to appreciate back guys back. who are, you know, in their 30s or approaching their 30s. He's sympathetic to guys who are breaking down <laughs> right now. Mark Garcia started his draft with a couple of running backs, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, then DJ Moore, wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster with the third pick of round four. So he's sitting on two running backs, two wide receivers. Curtis Patrick, who Adam blatantly called an idiot for his third round pick <laughs> and not picking a running back so far. <laughs> kidding, Curtis. Um, took a running back in round four, Leonard Fournette, with the fourth pick of the round. I, that, to me, the, even if you dislike Leonard Fournette, which I don't think anybody likes him at this point. That's certainly late enough to take a shot on him, I think.
2: Yeah, I think the fourth round is full of guys that – people are taking shots on. I mean, it's just, you know, with I, I can see it with David Johnson. I can see it with Le'Veon Bell. I can see it with, with Fournette. I'm just, it's gonna be one of those situations where if they do really, really well, I'm okay with being wrong on them, but I would just rather generally in the fourth round, I'm, 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 I'm taking a receiver uh, again. Uh, super flex is a little bit different because guys get pushed down, but, um, but also, you know, in, in, in best ball, I think to me, I, I push running backs up too. So um I could I, I could see just wanting to get another running back in there because eventually they're gonna they're gonna dry up.
0: Uh, Adam Thielen was the fourth round pick for Ian Harditz, who started out with three running backs. So he's the first wide receiver on that roster. Round four certainly a fine time for Adam Thielen. Le'Veon Bell started the run on old running backs that Jared kept going. He went in the middle of the round to Michael Leva, who started with the two tight ends, and then took Mike Evans in round three. Todd Burrows, who started with Lamar Jackson, Kenyon Drake, Zach Ertz, then took Odell Beckham in the middle of round four. Odell Beckham versus Allen Robinson. Jared, who would you take between them?
1: Uh, It's A-Rab for me. It's just a Valiant thing. I think you know, I, I do buy the Browns being around heavy offense and Jarvis Landry is going to you know, basically be the one beat to Beckham's 1A and they added Austin Hooper and they still have David Njoku. I think A-Rob is going to dominate targets in Chicago. So he's, he's my guy there. I certainly think it's close between them.
0: And I, there are two players that I'm a little bit scared to be totally out on. And yet I'm also a
1: little bit scared to just be all in on. Yeah, Beckham was one of those guys who I thought I liked a lot more until I sat down and did Browns projections, and he just mm-hmm. didn't come out quite as high as I expected, just because it was tough to find him a ton of targets. But he, you know, he he could he could turn 120 targets into a top five fantasy finish.
0: As we mentioned, Jared Whiffed on his round four pick with David Johnson, who is broken down and will need a wheelchair by week eight. Uh, Josh Allen comes off the board with the third to last pick in round four, and Adam, I feel like you got to say something about that.
2: I was literally just looking up, like what so. The ADP for um, you know on Fantasy Mojo is eight quarterbacks through the first uh, three and a half rounds, and here we are. I think eight quarterbacks through maybe the end of four rounds. So the quarterbacks are definitely definitely dropping. Uh, but Josh you know, Allen, that, that's, that's criminal. He the guy's a quarterback, and he's a running back. Okay, so you're getting two for one there.
1: He's mu- he's much more of a running back. <laughs>
2: you get better fantasy points for that. Okay, I'll take it. He'll, he'll even pitch the ball forty yards downfield. He'll ladder with someone. He's the playmaker.
1: Yes, he will.
0: At least we know that Graham Barfield is good at scouting running backs, so he knows how good a running back Josh Allen is. Started his draft with Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Josh Allen, and then Robert Woods, so we'll see when he actually drafts his first quarterback. John Daigle took Calvin Ridley near the end of round four, so he went running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, and then quarterback with his round five pick. An interesting crew of players to begin with, Carson Wentz was the ninth quarterback off the board at that spot.
2: Yeah, I mentioned, so I wonder, you know, there's a lot of movement in these Superflex drafts. I wonder if, you know, someone like Evan, who took back-to-back to back quarterback, if he'd have known kind of what, that the quarterbacks w- were dropping uh, or they were going to drop this much, if he would have just waited uh, and taken just one. But um, but yeah, it's they're, they're dropping uh, pretty good compared to the AADP.
0: At the turn, Matt Thompson took Matt Ryan as his first quarterback, uh, was the eighth quarterback off the board. Kenny Galladay around the turn in round five, the 15th wide receiver, which is significantly lower than he's been going unless ADP has fallen over the past couple of days on him, which I haven't seen.
1: No, that's where Kenny Galladay should be going. I'm I'm so surprised when I see him go like wide receiver six, wide receiver seven in a lot of these drafts.
2: This is the Draft Sharks Invitational, so he's got to go. That's where he's got to go.
1: Carson Wentz followed him off the
0: board. Robert Woods, the 16th wide receiver, which is a little bit higher than he tends to go, even though it is round five, which is also appropriate. It's still not as high as I would take him. We'll see if, yeah. if they let me take him
1: in my draft later this week. And then Jared takes Terry McLaurin, shocker of the draft so far. Yeah, the the, the Woods pick hurt. Um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I'm getting sniped basically every round, but I, I was definitely eyeing Robert Woods there. Consider taking him in the fourth round um, instead of David Johnson, but sort of gambled that Woods would make it back to me, and he didn't.
2: Adam,
1: I
0: think you like AJ Brown better than we do at the next pick.
2: I was just about to ask Jared that if he considered AJ Brown over McLaurin it being a a best ball.
1: No, maybe I should have because I do agree that Brown has a high both season long and weekly ceiling. But you know, I, I just had McLaurin ranked considerably higher, so it was kind of the clear pick to me once Woods came off the board.
2: Yeah, I think it depends on on the roster build. Like, if, I guess if 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 maybe Jared had two receivers already, maybe Brown would make sense. But he needed, you know, maybe a higher floor guy
0: i'm not sure that terry mclaurin fits the high floor thing at least not as much as jared thinks yeah we know
1: you don't (laughs) i mean
0: unless you're telegraphing your Dwayne haskins stack already at the end of
1: this draft i mean i I think when you're you know competing for targets with um steven sims and a rookie out of liberty and logan thomas um i think i think volume is gonna give McLaurin a pretty high weekly floor
2: yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge McLaurin guy, but I see him having a higher floor than than AJ Brown. But he's also, you know, you know, I don't know that that offense is so bad. But they're going to be playing from behind, and he's going to have to catch a lot of passes. So we'll see. I've,
1: I've talked about the um, increase in total offensive plays. The Redskins, or not the Redskins, the Washington football team <laughs>
2: should
1: should see this season. They were it was like them and the Dolphins are the last are the only two teams in the last 10 years to run fewer than 900 plays in a season. So you you could see Washington run 100 extra plays this year, which is a big deal.
0: That's the second clear signal tonight of how old Jared's getting. He refuses to stop calling Washington by the nickname that even they have ditched. Give me me a month. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how you're doing at that point. Um, (laughs) So we did have A.J. Brown go. We had Raheem Mostert go right after that pick to Todd Burroughs. That was his Second running back through five picks. Drew Brees was the 10th quarterback off the board, right around where he belongs. I think that was Marco, that was Michael Leva's team. Two tight ends, then a running back and a wide receiver and Drew Brees to start off his draft. Ian Harditz took his second wide out, DJ Chark right after the Adam Thielen pick in round four. And then Tyler Lockett was the next wide receiver off the board to Curtis Patrick. For me, I'm taking Tyler Lockett over both Terry McLaurin and AJ Brown.
2: I've kind of kind of gone back and forth on Lockett over. Uh, Even over DK Metcalf, Um, but again, I think it's a floor thing. I think it's a, um, you know, him and Russ. As long as as long as Lockett's healthy, um, I think he's going to be the the number one there. And and and, you know, PPR, you want, um, you know, he's. I think he's going to get more targets, and um, and so yeah, I I like Lockett this year.
0: And you guys were nice enough to let Curtis uh, stack Lockett with Russell Wilson, who he took Mm -hmm. back in round two, which I think only makes Lockett a better selection there. Absolutely.
1: You'll you'll never hear me um, slander Tyler Lockett's name. At least we can always agree on that. Yes, yes.
0: Cooper Cup went as the 21st receiver with the third to last pick in round five. So that gave Mark Garcia's squad three wideouts, two running backs. He then added another wideout after the turn with the third pick of round six. He's got Stephon Diggs. Adam, as the residence bills Homer, is Stephon Diggs too high at wide receiver 22? Or is he not high enough? (laughs)
2: No, he's, he's, he's too high. He's probably too high. I mean, if John Brown wasn't there, I would take him, you know, much higher, but John Brown is still there and John Brown is going to kill um, number two corners. So I really think that he's not going any, anywhere in, in the passing game. And I think, um, you know, th- the bills, again, have been looking for a, a receiver like Diggs. you know, they, they tried to trade for Antonio Brown or they kind of did trade for Antonio Brown. And um, so they really want that superior route runner that can win. Um, and, and, you know, Allen, you know, as much as we joke about it, he, he was, I think he was the most accurate or top three, at least in, in intermediate passing between 11 and 20 yards. So I think that's where Diggs kind of lives in there. He's also a good contested catcher. So I think he'll be better for the uh, the NFL, the, the bills, you know, he'll be a better NFL receiver than he will be fantasy, but he'll have some, some spike weeks. You know, this is, this is best ball. So um, I don't hate Diggs in best ball, but as the number 22, uh, I, pro- I probably, pa- I mean, I don't have a lot of Diggs. Um, so I probably pass on him.
1: I'm going to need a fact check. On uh, Josh Allen being a top three most
2: accurate passer at any level of the field. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, can I have three minutes? I'm, I'm going to go find it right now. Okay,
1: yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Don't forget to look that up. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that
0: one. Um, <laughs> so I did just see a couple of questions from a viewer on Facebook Live. So um, wondering why a team started with two tight ends and about the quarterback. So we'll run back through the format real quick. It is tight end premium, it is a best ball draft. Tight end premium means one and a half points per reception. Four tight ends versus just one point per reception for everybody else. Uh, it is a super flex, so you're going to usually start a quarterback in one of those flex spots. There are two flex spots. You don't have to start a quarterback in a flex. It is best ball, though, so you're probably going to end up getting uh, those big scores from quarterbacks to get a quarterback in that flex spot. Generally, I would treat the format, and I think Jared said it earlier, as two quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks generally score the most raw points. So ideally, you're going to want a quarterback in that super flex bottle, though. As I mentioned at the very top of the show, in best ball, you know, you, you can get a big week out of a wide receiver or, or a running back who's not usually starting for you to, to fill that flex spot instead of a quarterback. So.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know the way the scoring sets up, quarterbacks don't score a ton. This isn't, you know, I think they only get four points for a passing score, so they don't they don't get a ton of points. So even if you had to start, you know, a, a flex guy like a non quarterback that had a really good matchup, he could he could put up some some decent points close to what a quarterback would. So you're not you're not completely dead if you don't have to if you don't have a quarterback to start there uh, one or two weeks.
0: By the way, since we're still close to talking about the Seattle passing game, I just saw Adam Schefter mention that Pete Carroll says the Seahawks are monitoring Antonio Brown's situation and they're open to Josh Gordon returning. So they really want to add a problem receiver to this roster before the season begins. It has no impact on this draft, but you know, we'll throw that in there as people are making decisions. We had the Chase the Helmet duo with the second to last pick of round 5. They are now they took their fourth running back. They are now sitting on four running backs. Two quarterbacks through six picks. It was DeAndre Swift as their fourth running back. Then Tom Brady around the five-six turn as their second quarterback to stack with Kyler Murray. Not a stack, but to join Kyler Murray on the roster. QB eleven, solid value for Tom Brady, right, Jared?
1: Yes. Yeah. What round was that? I know I was eyeing him in the round he was taken. Um, it's pick six oh two. Yeah, I think that was a really nice pick there. Um, yeah, I think I would I, I would have taken him if he made it to me at six oh nine. Um, I, I, we mentioned it on last week's pod. I'm surprised that um, Brady hasn't been hyped up more, just considering the name and the, the weapons we know he has. Yeah, but just yeah. to kind
2: of compare it. So in the the other the ADP, he goes at the three eleven. So again, I think it's just quarterbacks that are being pushed down, and I, it's going to be interesting to see throughout the week. Is if is it going to kind of stay steady, or is it going to go kind of draft to draft and and who people like to take? And
1: we're setting ADP here tonight. So
2: that's right. I love it.
1: We're making uh, ADP. I think there's
0: going to be some wide swings here. Um, I noticed that Adam hasn't talked anymore about Josh Allen's intermediate passing, so we'll we'll anxiously await the conclusion there.
2: Um, I'm, I'm not savvy on the Twitter, so I'm I'm literally scrolling <laughs> through Cover One right now trying to find. <laughs> I will find Maybe it. Yeah.
0: Somebody on Twitter who likes Josh Allen and find the kindest <laughs> Please, thing they thought about. Him. Somebody help
2: me. Somebody send me something.
0: <laughs> Evan Silva, who took the two quarterbacks to start off his draft, has since taken three running backs and a wide receiver. Mentioned Todd Gurley, Amari Cooper earlier. This last turn, he took Chris Carson and Mark Ingram as his running backs. Then Tom Brady was the next pick of round six, followed by Stefan Diggs. So that Mark Garcia squad started out with two running backs and then followed with four wide receivers. Be interesting to see how he goes after running backs after this point. Uh, Curtis Patrick, who started with Michael Thomas and Russell Wilson, then got um, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Tyler Lockett. He took Devin Singletary in round six with the fourth pick. Adam, I know you're not high on Devin Singletary even as a Buffalonian, but, uh, it seems like a fine spot for him. He's running back 27.
2: Yeah. I I initially didn't like him when he was going in the fourth round, uh, early fifth round, but in the sixth sixth round, it's like, you know, he is the starter there, you know, um, to start off, but he doesn't, I don't know if he's going to get all the pass catching work and, uh, Josh Allen doesn't really like to check down. He really likes to hammer those throws between the 11 and 20 yards. So, um, those won't go to Devin Singletary, but, um, yeah, so I think uh, in the sixth round, I think I think he's fine. I would still handcuff him uh, with Moss if I if I could. But so we'll see what we'll see what he does here.
0: Ian Harditz followed a three running back start with three wide receivers in the past three turns: Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Devontae Parker. Then DK Metcalf went off the board next. Um, that was Michael Leva, who started with the two tight ends, then a wide out, running back, quarterback, and two receivers. He just took Ty Hilton in the middle of round seven. So three wide receivers, one running back on that team Mm -hmm. through seven picks. Looks like kind of our modified zero RB start to this draft. Someone's got to do it.
2: (laughs) Someone has to do it.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's the whole point of it is you're zigging when everybody else zags, right? that's true. Lots of zagging, though, in these uh, super flex drafts. We had Todd Burroughs take Cam Newton in round six as his second quarterback, the 12th quarterback off the board. Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, his first two quarterbacks, took two of the top 12, which is interesting. He's let's see one two three. He's one of four teams to take uh, two quarterbacks through six rounds.
2: Yeah, he's um, Cam Newton's interesting to me. He's a guy who could you know if he's healthy he could score you know ten touchdowns on, on the ground you know and that's and that's huge for for, for fantasy. So it's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see and I think Tannehill too who just who just went. I think he's another one that's got sneaky points on on the ground. As well, so uh, you know those guys can score, uh, score in bunches, and they can really, you know, it's they're worth double. The, the rushing is almost worth double as the passing. So um, I think it's 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 really valuable. And if you you know to, to take a shot on Cam, you can you can always take uh, his handcuff and take it in case he gets hurt or whatever in these super flex.
0: I'll mention we've got about ten minutes left on this broadcast. We're not going to do the entire draft here. I have a two drafts happening at nine o'clock tonight, so <laughs> we'll have to cut this one short. But we will definitely be back on here. The rest of this week, tracking all of these DS Invitational drafts. More picks, though, before we um, get out here. I think that uh, Austin Martin has done well with his two running back picks in terms of upside so far. Certainly, you can make arguments against Cam Akers. But in round six, as running back 28, there seems to be plenty of upside for the guy that we presume is the starter for the Rams heading into this season.
1: I thought that was a nice pick. Um I was definitely considering where he went. Um, you know, I do have the three running backs. I, I, I'll tell you, if I could take a pick back tonight, it would be the, it would be the David Johnson pick, which I'm sure will make uh, Matt happy. But, you know, if I had gone <laughs> Woods there, I definitely would have considered Akers uh, in the round he did go. I've been
0: trying to tell you to take it back since you were just talking about it instead of doing it. I
1: know.
0: Austin Martin took Baker Mayfield in round seven as his second quarterback. He took Patrick Mahomes back in round one. Like, quarterback 16 off the board – I. If Mahomes were my first one, I might wait a little longer. But again, super flex. You want to start two most weeks. So I certainly can't fault anybody for taking a quarterback there. Jared Smola took his first quarterback of the draft finally Mm. in round seven. And it was Matthew Stafford following his round six pick of Cortland Sutton. Uh, Jared, did quarterbacks go any earlier than
1: you were expecting? No, they, they've gone later tonight for sure, which I like because I was playing to wait anyway, so it sort of um, fit my draft plan. Um, I you know I consider passing on quarterback again there, but you know looping the long way around, I didn't want to risk it too much, so I did finally you know, grab my first.
0: Yeah, certainly in that round, there were three other teams that um, took quarterbacks. It was Ian Harditz, who I think is – nope, he's the second to last to take his first quarterback. Mark Garcia is still working without a quarterback on his roster, so – it uh, looks like he has a, a plan similar to yours. We'll see when he takes his first one. But uh, round seven, I'm sorry, finishing up round six, we had uh, Marquise Brown go to Graham Barfield's team. Then he took who's the t- who's the pick that he made in the next? Oh, Darren Waller. I was reading it as Delaney Walker, but no, it's Darren <laughs> Waller, which makes a lot more sense. Uh, Darren Waller in round seven. Uh, Evan Ingram was the fifth tight end off the board. And guys. Are tight ends going later than you would have expected in this tight end premium format?
2: Uh, It looks like they're going about where they normally would. Yeah, again, it's interesting because you got to start three receivers, you got to pretty much start two quarterbacks. So I was interested to see where they would go, but it looks like you know maybe they're going a half round later. Uh, Darren Waller just kind of fell, I think, uh, as far as you know where he normally goes uh, in 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 the pecking order. But uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Waller Waller's a real. I'm not a huge Waller guy, but in the (laughs) seventies, I think he's you're doing really well there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he belongs around tight end six. I'm surprised to see him go that late. We had a little bit more than three full rounds between Zach Ertz in the middle of round three, and then Evan Ingram as the fifth tight end off the board late in round six. Uh, it, it, that's a surprising gap
1: to me. Yeah, I was going to say that gap is bigger than normal, though. I actually think that gap is kind of where it should be. I do think there's a a big drop off before those top four mm-hmm. and everyone else.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And then the gap, the the big gap to me was the gap at the uh, middle of the second uh, from quarterback to I think the next quarterback didn't go till uh, the end of the fourth, which mm-hmm. is which is so bizarre and a super flex mm-hmm. to see that it was almost a two round gap.
0: Matt Thompson made Aaron Rodgers his second quarterback, the 13th quarterback off the board at the end of round six. Because Jared passed on Aaron Rodgers in round six, Matt saved Jared from overloading on Packers offensive players this year. Uh, There is still room for A.J. Dillon later, though. Um, (laughs) Matt followed Aaron Rodgers with David Montgomery. Then we had uh, Daniel Jones as the 14th quarterback. Darren Waller, Matt Stafford, as we mentioned, Jared's first quarterback. Baker Mayfield off the board. Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Joe Burrow as the – Is that the 15th quarterback? Yeah, no, it says 17th quarterback. So right near his ADP, and we've talked a lot about the upside on Joe Burrow. Ryan Tannehill, quarterback 18, and he's one that every time I look at his ADP, I think, should I like him higher?" but he just never climbs and there don't even seem to be that many instances where somebody is reaching to get him.
2: Yeah, I think he had some some good games this year. I mean, he also had some games like the playoffs right through for like 60 yards. So, but again, it's be- best ball, so you've got other quarterbacks, you got other positions that, that can fill in for you. Um, and you know, he has had a full off season where he is the starter. So, I, you know, I I like Tannehill as a sneaky guy. Um, it's kind of interesting, too, here to see um, someone finally, I think he's the only team, but yeah, Scott and Jay took their third quarterback there uh, in the eighth round, and um, I think that probably has something to do with picking at the end of the round there. They don't want to wait, uh, you know, 24 picks or whatever to, to, to get kind of uh, frozen out of their third quarterback or, or whatever, so they obviously have a tier of QBs they like there, and they they took three of them.
1: Three quarterbacks and five wide or five running backs for that team and no wideouts. I don't know if right. you've mentioned that yet, but that's an interesting build. There you go. That is interesting.
0: I was also interested to see that Austin Martin did not take Ryan Tannehill at the spot where he took Baker Mayfield, having already rostered A.J. Brown. I feel like there might be a, a, a stack worth building when you are choosing between Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield. Obviously, though, he must find more upside in Baker Mayfield for the season.
2: Yeah, I see more upside in Baker this season for sure. Um, uh, you know, you don't want to let stacks steer you – know, stacks can look sexy on paper, but you don't want to let them steer your drafting too much. And then also on top of that, I was – you know, I'm doing a couple of drafts, a couple of slow drafts, and um, I'm thinking to myself, you know, if there's a COVID outbreak on a, on a team, do I want a stack of players that, you know, aren't, aren't going to play because they have a temperature of, you know, 99.6? It's like uh, – You know, so it's kind of this year might be the year to not get too stack crazy because you might lose an entire, you know, entire passing game to, And then if the rest of them, you know, if your other quarterback's on a bye, then, you know, good luck.
1: Yeah, I
0: certainly agree with not overdoing it. I think if you have Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill anywhere close to each other in your rankings, I think you take the guy that you have the number one receiver for, especially if you maybe took him uh, slightly early. And I think A.J. Brown at ADP is a little bit early. But, again, if you think Baker Mayfield's way ahead of Ryan Tannehill, then go ahead and take Baker Mayfield. So going forward from Ryan Tannehill, we had Tyler Higbee. We had Ronald Jones go at running back 30 at the end of round seven. Then around the turn, Evan Silva took Michael Gallup, took Will Fuller, stacked Will Fuller with his Deshaun Watson pick back in round two. Um, so we like that from a stack standpoint. Then Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, we've gotten – we're catching up on quarterbacks over these past two rounds. In, to start off round eight – And we'll – let's go through round nine here, and then we'll cut things off so that I cannot screw up my undrafts tonight. Jared (laughs) Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo was the 22nd quarterback off the board with the second-to-last pick of round eight. Then we had four to start round nine. We had Tua Tango-Vailoa. We had Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke. I'm surprised to see Tua as the 23rd quarterback with some of those guys still left.
2: Yeah, I mean, any – any format that allows you to say Gardner Minshew in the ninth round, I want, I'm all in on that, on that format. So, uh, and this is kind of the fun part of the uh, the super flexes, you know, this team, uh, you know, team two's got four quarterbacks by the ninth round. I mean, it, it just went from quarterbacks dropping to all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh, may, maybe they're listening to the pod. And they didn't realize it was super flex. And now they're <laughs> another, we got to take some quarterbacks here.
1: Yeah.
0: John Daigle's team that you were talking about Carson Wentz, He's got Daniel Jones, he's got Jimmy Garoppolo, he's got Teddy Bridgewater, so it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. At Gardner Minshew, I mean, was there any player that you expected more to get COVID before the season started? I mean, Uh, given Gardner Minshew and playing in Florida, was there any easier COVID case to predict? I mean, he may have had it, you know, we we never know. Uh, All right, so after Drew Locke, we have Brandon Cooks, we had Hunter Henry as the 10th tight end off the board, Phillip Rivers, Tyrod Taylor at QB 28, so... We're starting to scrape the barrel a little bit here, and we'll see if this offseason makes Tyrod Taylor the starter for longer, or if we still get Justin Herbert, as I and I think Jared, at least to a similar degree, have been
1: expecting to be the case early in the coming season. I've definitely warmed up to Taylor a bit. I, you know, I've I looked at the Chargers' schedule; they start out pretty easily, so you could you know it's it's a talented team. You could see them getting off to a pretty good start, and if that's the case with Tyrod under center, they're definitely not going to pull him. And then we have obviously all the COVID stuff. I, I would still bet on Herbert starting more games than Tyrod, but I, I I think I think Tyrod might last a bit longer than I initially expected.
0: Given that it was just Ian's second quarterback in round nine, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a handcuff fairly soon. The the key is trying to figure out when to pull the trigger in a format like this when you really have no idea what the plan is for everybody else around you.
2: Yeah. And I think Jay and Scott nailed it on the head. They took, uh, they took their third quarterback and one, two, three, or like nine or 10 quarterbacks that come off the board since then. So I think they saw, uh, I think it was Jared Goff as the, you know, the end to the tier there and everyone else just started going wild after that.
0: And that's a great feeling when you're in a draft and you think, I, I think there's going to be a run before my next turn in this position, and you kick it off, and then it happens. You just, like, sit back with a fake cigar.
2: It's beautiful.
0: <laughs> so then round nine, we mentioned the quarterbacks. We mentioned Hunter Henry, Henry uh, Phillip Rivers, Tyrod Taylor, Derek Carr, the 29th quarterback off the board after Tyrod Taylor and after Tua Tango Bayaloa. I'm going to have to keep practicing that one. Even when we're not recording Sam Darnold, the 30th quarterback and then Dallas Goddard, the 11th tight end off the board with the second to last pick around nine. We'll take this turn and then I got (laughs) to (laughs) go. What do you guys think about any picks in that one? Anybody jump out to you, Adam?
2: You know, not, not really. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. You know, I'm glad we got to do this long enough to talk about Gardner Minshew and Tonga Vailoa, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, it's always fun. uh, Seeing all these quarterbacks get, get, get taken and, um, you know, a lot of times in in regular you know, redraft, you don't even get a chance to take those guys because you know I, I usually only take one quarterback. So it's nice to be able to kind of assess the the lower quarterbacks in the late teens, and early twenties, and late twenties to kind of um, draft those guys.
1: Yeah, I'm only I'm only half listening to you guys because I'm trying to draft here too. Sounds <laughs> like a regular podcast recording. <laughs> That's yeah, right. But um, but I'll say I was I was pissing my pants a little, um, but I wasn't going to get like a second, you know, locked in starting quarterback. But I was able to get Drew Locke, and he, he at least gives me a stack with Cortland Sutton, so pretty happy to at least uh, get, a, get a viable second quarterback there.
0: Evan Silva d- doubled up on tight ends to get his first two at the position around that 9-10 turn. Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski, can't argue with the placement on those guys. Mike Jasaki, have talked about a lot on here. He was the next tight end, the next pick of round 10. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I get to cut it off right after saying Mike Jasaki, but we will have – Four more nights of coverage for this. Thank you for joining us for night one of the Draft Sharks Invitational. Thank you for joining us.